Welcome to Talent Takeover Unfiltered. When it comes to working hard and keeping it real, we know our shit. Self-care, happiness, inner peace, and time. I'm Brianna Rooney, and this is Taylor Bradley. Hey, y'all. And we have thrived in chaos and turned it into an art form. So, Taylor, what are we doing here today? We're here to give you a raw, under-the-hood view of all things recruiting and finally give credit where credit is due to a long, underrated industry that's full of, quote-unquote, experts. All right. Well, then let's take this show to the road. (laughs) Hello, welcome to Talent Takeover Unfiltered. What's going on, Taylor? Oh, not a lot. Just recovering from the weekend. We had like a really good out with friends social weekend. So I'm like, uh, today. How was yours? <laughs> uh, I had the best weekend. We took a train to Santa Barbara, went to a dolphin dive festival, had some 80s band. My Love mom's that. in town. Kids had a blast. It was just one of those like nailed it mom weekends for me. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> I know what those feel like where you're like, they had the best, you know, the kids had the best weekend and you're like, fuck yeah, winning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Had cocktails on the train, didn't have to drive. What? Yeah, that was fun. That is fun. You're going to have to tell me about that experience that you can like have cocktails. You can take, we've always wanted to take a train. Our kids want to take a train. It's like a thing. So Um, so what are we talking about today? (laughs) It's a great question. So we are actually, it's from someone, a a listener of ours that had a question. So by the way, if you ever have questions, hit us up on our social, please put it it in comment, like all those things, reviews we dig. Uh, But this is about assertive communication as a recruiter. How do you do it? How do you do it with care? How do you do it and not sound like an asshole uh, and still get your job done? So what do you think about that? Yeah. So I think the question that and how it was posed to us was that somebody, um, a listener of ours in their review, who's also a recruiter, by the way, um, had a review where they were told by, I'm assuming their manager, that they needed to own the process of the phone call with candidates more. So um, she went on to elaborate and say, that's being comfortable interrupting the candidate to get the information I need to move forward with the call, but also having a balance of care on what the candidate is saying. And so I was like, that's really interesting. That's one really great feedback. Um, and two, I would love to hear a call. Like, I would love to hear how that, how did this manager get to this feedback? Like, what are these, what takes place in these calls? But while I go to, it probably takes this person a really long time. Because like, I don't think unless you're having, unless you're actually recording the calls, which I know there are some companies that are starting to do this just for quality, you know. Um, but no, I would imagine like, they're probably not able to get through that many calls a week. And they're probably like, well, why is that? Well, because I'm on the phone for 45 minutes with each person. I That's what I'm imagining. Yeah. And I feel like that's very, and, and I don't know, um, you know, off the top of my head, this person's background and if they've been in recruiting for a while, but I feel like it's not uncommon for a new recruiter to exhibit those behaviors of like, okay, well, I've got to make the candidate like me. Because you, you hear all the time in recruiting, it's about relationships and people work with people they like. And that's even outside of recruiting. But Having a good relationship with a recruiter is critical with your recruiter. Um, and so I feel like this is somebody trying to relate to someone, i.e. the candidate, spend a lot of time with them, probably listening to their life story, thinking this is what I need to do for my job. This is how I'm going to ensure they have the best candidate experience. You know, but I think there's a way to do both. There's a way to be be brief, be bright, be gone. There's a way to get the information that you need and tactfully move the conversation along. I don't think you know, you have to necessarily interrupt the candidate and cut them off completely um, as per this this feedback. But I definitely think that there's a way to do it and be assertive 
And um, I think, you know, we've talked about it before on previous episodes, how being assertive, especially as a woman, you're like a bitch. That's just what even in 2023, which blows my mind that this is still the case, that if you're assertive, you're a bitch. So I think that this person may be struggling with some of that, too, not wanting to come off a certain way by, you know, telling the candidate, okay, let's move forward or whatever. So I think telling people, you know, our listeners how to do that, how to move the the conversation along when a candidate is being long winded, knowing that you've got an allotted amount of time for a phone screen. How do you do that? Get all the information you need and be really tactful, but drive the combo. Yeah. So I also think that saying that you're assertive is a really nice way to say aggressive because we try not to say aggressive anymore because, again, that's the whole that's the bitch vibe and it's not okay. Uh, There's this heightened candidate experience, you know, like, oh, my God, if you don't have best candidate experience, you're not doing this. Like we talk about it all the time. There's another report that came out that that's what candidates are looking for. And so it's really on the the recruiters to set the scene there. Um, But something I, I recently got, it was it was our marketing firm, actually. They gave us, um, actually, the guy that was in charge of our marketing, he did this course, but he gave us a sales course. And in there, I was actually blown away a little bit because when I think of how do you build rapport, I build it by getting personal with somebody. But in Mm -hmm. business, that's actually not building rapport. You have to build rapport by trust and by knowledge. Mm -hmm. And so I think what I would say for this recruiter is that they're supposed to be the ones that set the scene. So I think when we talk about expectations... Um, that I would say, even in the email before I get on the phone with this person, hey, look, there's a few questions that I have to ask you because, you know, the hiring manager really needs to know X, Y, Z, and I want to make sure that it's a fit for both sides. So that's how I set the scene. So I let them know, like, I am in charge of this conversation. Yeah, no, it's funny you said that because I wrote down uh, like my little notes as we're talking, I'm saying set expectations for the call. That's where I feel like it starts. You have to set the scene of what you're going to cover in the call. So, okay, in the beginning, love to get to know you, love to ask you a couple questions about you. I'll tell you a little bit about me. And then we're going to talk about your work history. And then we're I, you have to like let them know what's going to transpire in the call and what all you have to cover. And this is at the beginning of the call. So I completely agree with you. I feel like that's the way you kind of drive and set the scene. And, oh, I'm so sorry to cut us short here, but we've got to move on to talking about your experience. You know, there's ways to do it where I can give say with a thousand percent certainty the person walking away from that phone call is not going to be like oh she's such a bitch you know and so Mm -hmm. i think that i agree with you that it's probably a timing thing and so i would think for steps for this recruiter how could we tell this recruiter from step one two three four this is what you need to do to ensure that you're getting the information that you need from the candidate but you're not staying on the phone with them for hours and hours and hours Well, let me ask you this first. How long do you think a recruiter should be on the phone with the candidate, the first the first phone call, the first intake? Um, I think it depends on if you're doing full cycle. I think it depends on if you're just sourcing. But in my I'm going to go back to my world. In my world, we would always spend at least 30 minutes on a call with somebody. If it was a more technical role, maybe 45. But we're submitting we're talking about a role where you're like you're talking to the candidate, you're submitting directly to the hiring manager to determine if they want to interview. You know, so it's kind of like you need to get all of this information. You need to get resume, salary, and your phone screen notes. So our phone screen in the beginning is typically a pretty thorough one. But you've kind of gone back and forth with them already via email to gauge interest, you know, go over, here's the job description, whatever. So you kind of know what it is by the time that you're getting on the phone. And so I would say that the phone call needs to be about 30 minutes. But for me, that's like a max. It's like I wouldn't let my recruiters be on for longer than that. Um, And I would say you could probably build a pretty good relationship within 15 minutes. But again, like you said, you're also talking to them, 
before, you know, meaning like, you know, you're you're emailing them, you're asking them a few questions. I think there's some things that are just more lo- logistics that you yeah. can get out really quickly in an email. And then now it's like, OK, let's set the scene and let's have a relationship. But my recruiters, you know, because, again, we're contingency. I mean, we would yeah. be um, pitching at least two to three opportunities on the phone, mm-hmm. you know, so we were able to do that and still get get what we needed to know. Um, yeah. So she she has to be taking too long. Yeah. Well, and so what we would do, so going back to in-house of what, because I think, I, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, this person's an in-house recruiter. And what I would tell my in-house recruiter t- to do is I'm like, block off an hour of your time for the call. Use 30 minutes for the call. Use the other 30 to get your submittal together, to get them into the ATS with all your submittal notes, resume, because we used to work through the ATS. And so you would need that admin time because people would do when they would wait, it was like a best practice to do it right then. Because if you would wait, yeah, of course it, you know, you snooze, you lose with anything. So it's like, get the submittals in, get your stuff. So give yourself some time and then, you know, some time to go to the bathroom, take a health break, whatever, and then get on your next call. So I would say if they're going beyond an hour and that's like, you're not typing up a really robust, thorough phone screen notes because ours used to be probably about two pages long of information. Oh, oh okay. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, about oh, wow. two two pages long via a form of all the information that you needed to fill out in there. And so there was heavy admin work. Oh. So it was like you need to do your admin work for that submittal right then, get the candidate over, you know. Um, so I would say for this person, if you're spending an hour just talking to them, oh my gosh, like you're going to be talking to a lot of people. And then also it's really important to be able to suss out pretty early if they're not a fit. Like you don't need to spend 30 minutes or an hour on the phone with somebody just because you've allotted that when you know in the first 10, 15, they're not a fit. Exactly. So that's what I was going to go to. I'm like, well, there's lots of things that like you could hit and be like, nope, no, you know, no, thank you. Um, I think if you you can be really assertive as a recruiter, if you are really saying like, hey, look, like, I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to waste my time, the company's time, all of these things. Like, If you do it with that in mind and you actually say that out loud. Yeah. And, I, and, and again, it could be via email. That's fine. I think that you can really get through some stuff because that's the respect and care that they need not to just you know, be on the phone with them for shits and giggles. I think that's insane. Um, I push things even a little farther. So um, we had a very aggressive firm where um, I would time people. So I'm really, really uh, big into like, look, this is just going to become habits. You can get really fast. So I had to make sure that people were taking notes while they were on the phone. So the way they would also do that is because, you know, can hear like little court, the the type recorder over here, right? Um, Typer and I, I type out a recorder. fucking what is computer. Recorder? It's a fucking <laughs> computer. Welcome to 2023. <laughs> I'm telling you, I wonder like my past life, like who was I in my past life? Oh my god, like churning butter over here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, um, so yeah, so they would have to type while they were getting their intake. Every single monitor had the our intake form, so I really believe in being uniformed. Because if you're doing the same thing over and over again, you can get a lot faster. So they would have the form on their monitor. I was a stickler as to like what went first, like what our intakes actually like looked like and the format it was. Because what I wanted was that any any intake, any resume we sent over, I didn't need to put our logo on it. They already knew it came from us because we were very standardized. Like, you know, and and I could sit in anyone's seat and vice versa was really important to me. And so, yes. Wow. And I would like. I would lose it if it was 15 and by lose it, I'd be like, hey, let's get faster. And like, I, but I would I would time people like I was really, really big on that. Um, so I think that 
in order to be assertive means you have to be up against the clock. And then it feels yucky and it feels hard at first, but I think that it just makes you more and more efficient. Okay. So I think then if we're talking to our audience be consisting of both in-house and external recruiters, what are some general themes that where there's alignment, which I think we've kind of gotten one down time. Like you can't spend, whether it's an in-house or whether it's external, you can't spend an hour. But what the paperwork and then administrative work looks like that could go with that could differ. Because I, I totally get like in contingency, we're up against the clock. Like, But in in-house, it's more about being thorough, doing it right. Like they will, if there's spelling errors, it's like a whole thing. You know, it has to be a very polished professional document that's going to be circulated around to a hiring panel. It's kind of a thing where you need to make sure there's no spelling error, like your shit's together in the document that you're sending over because you're probably going to have some senior level individuals looking at it. So I think that there's like, you guys are typing while you're doing the form. Then you're like, okay, maybe glance over it after you get done. Make sure it's not, you know, it's it makes sense. And then send it on to the hiring manager. Yeah, but we were also submitting directly to the hiring manager. So we made sure Grammarly and we were also, again, like, hey, it needs to be complete sentences and putting pronouns or capitalize, which should be capitalized. Yeah, we were. But like we trained heavily on that. Like we even had like, hey, how fast can you type? Like we would have challenges in the office about like if. Yeah, how we could do that. Um, so, no, I think we were still really thorough. I think that, like, I feel strongly that I could put an external and internal. And I think that we should operate very similarly because even companies would say, hey, I like your guys' intake, but add these two, three questions because I want you guys to operate like we do internal. Yeah. We're used to operating the same way um, in, in some things. And then when it got really, really heavy where there was just too much going on, then what we did was um, we ended up having an admin that would actually send it out. Yeah. And this particular person would look through to make sure it's like, hey, is this is this prim and proper? Can we send this to 10 clients and feel really good about it? Okay. Um, so, yeah. So we ended up having like a different another level of, of eyes to look at it when it got crazy. Um, but before that, you know, it's like, yeah, you send out your own stuff. Um so, so I go back and going back to your your question though. In order to be assertive, I think you have to know exactly what you need to have the answers to. Basically, like, mm -hmm. look, I have thirty minutes, and um, I need to get off the phone, and I need to have these questions answered. And it's fine if like you can't, you know, listen and type. Not a lot of people can, but take really great notes. Yeah, and then clean yeah. it up. You know, I think that's what's really important. Um, and then I want to say something real quick. Do not record yourself unless you tell them. I have heard people doing this that they use their phone to record the conversation uh, they don't feel like they're being thorough enough that is illegal i just want to put that out there really quick because i have had that question before oh my gosh i've never heard of that but yes oh really oh my god i think so many people do it wow so well then okay that begs the question too are they doing um their phone screens via actual phone or are they using like this like google meets or teams yeah. or whatever where you can hit recording and you can obviously let the person know Right, right, right. That's actually a really good point because I'm used to doing intakes on the phone. I don't really, I mean, I do client intakes via video, but um, who, I don't know. Actually, I'm okay. Audience, audience, please tell us are yeah. we doing more candidate intakes now on the phone or are we doing the more video? Because now I'm curious because you're right. It could very easily say, hey, do you mind recording this? And, and it's a lot easier that way. Yeah. And I mean, it's also like, think of how much more information you find out from a candidate in today's world in 2023 if you're using google meets or teams or something where you can see them on video you used to have to wait till like what maybe the third interview 
yeah. So you've done a phone screen, hiring managers done a phone screen, then there's an in-person interview. That's when you can usually suss out body language and all the stuff that we talked yeah. about in our last episode. But if you're doing a Google Meets first call with um, the recruiter, you get to suss all that out in conversation one. Yeah, that's a really good point. I did not think about that. I'm going to have to think about this later. <laughs> I feel like this needs to be like a different episode or something. Like, because I don't know. I don't know why I didn't think of this. I feel like it would be a good best practice to do that. Like if you need to record, yeah. if you need to suss out body language, how they're going to be, if they're going to be giving presentations, how are they going to be when they're looking, yeah. you know, I think there's a lot. It's like having an in-person interview in your first phone call, like your first RPS, recruiter phone screen. Yep. Yeah. So, no, that's interesting. Okay. I like it. We'd, I'm going to write that down so that we can determine like what is, get back to everybody. Like what is the best practice? What should they be doing? Yeah. I, God, I, I will I will say, though, I think that there's something to be said by video fatigue. I think that is super real. So like when someone's like, hey, sorry, like I know we have Zoom. I, I'm supposed to call you Zoom, but can we just talk on the phone? I'm like, hell yeah, we can. <laughs> yeah. I go for a walk outside. It's fucking great. I love I love just getting on the phone for sure. I'd, I um, I would prefer that if it were me, but I also would probably like I see all the benefits of doing a Google Me. But I yeah. with you, I would prefer to just call somebody on the phone. But these days, when somebody wants to just call me and talk on the phone, I'm like, it's just so strange. It's just not the world like, that we live in. Wait, does this thing work? Yeah. Well, I mean, not if it's from a business standpoint. You know, if they're like, what number can I call you on? I'm like, oh, okay. Well, here's my cell phone. It doesn't bother me at all. But it yeah. just it never the ask never even comes up these days. You know, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's funny. OK, so back to being assertive as a recruiter, because I know yeah. we're, we're starting to run out of time here. What other advice do you have? Um, because what I think is interesting is she's like, well, I don't want to interrupt the candidate. Go back to that for a second. What did you ask them that they can't stop talking about? You know, it was probably something personal, not work related. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think there's also ways to interrupt and be apologetic about it. And it not still like the person not walk away like, oh, that's such a bitch. She interrupted me like. Okay, wait, I'm, I'm going to stop you right there because I have some more questions. This is really, really good information that you're giving me. And I want to make sure that I'm I'm capturing that accurately. Can I ask you some more questions so you can elaborate further? Like, I think there's ways to interrupt people that is not rude. I definitely think if you're because I'm, I'm imagining worst case scenario that, you know, we've talked about, we've seen where somebody is just interrupting someone continuously. You can't get a word in. You lose your train of thought. And that is rude, you know. So I totally get where our original poster that you know poses question is coming from like it can be rude if you're just doing it continuously but also it's it shouldn't be happening unless somebody's long-winded you shouldn't be interrupting them unless they're long-winded and you know you need to keep track of time but I think it goes back to what we said you've got to set those expectations very early on hey I know we've got 30 minutes allotted for this call and I have a hard stop at x um so I want to make sure we cover you know um your background, your experience. I want to tell you a little bit about me. I want to hear a lot about you. You know, I think you've got to set the scene of what you're going to cover, the time you have to cover in. You have a hard stop. And I think if you, as long as you set the scene that way and set those expectations, even if you do have to interrupt them and say, I'm so sorry, I'm going to have to stop you there because I have a couple more questions to ask you. We've only got 10 minutes left. Like, yep. there's ways to love, do it. Love, love. Like, I mean, so I know I get like, I get like anxiety if, if I have if I know that we haven't finished what we're here to talk about. Yeah. And I see that there's like five minutes left. I'm like, shit. Like, oh, shit. And, and then all of a sudden I'm not even in the present anymore because I'm worrying so much about time that I'm actually now missing out. And it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, what I also like say is I would always say you have a hard stop. 
even if you do not have a hard stop, I actually think that that's best practice at this point. And I don't remember if this was a podcast, if we were just shooting the shit, but um, you said something that that you saw something that um, it's actually rude yes. to to go over time. I, I don't know what podcast that was, but um, yeah, it's actually rude to go over uh, because it means you don't respect their time, your time, and just yeah. you're, you're not respecting efficiencies. Exactly. And so we were talking about it that we were like, oh, we would have thought that that would have been a nice thing to do is to stay past the time yeah. and listen to them and carry what. But it was everything I read. Yeah. When I was researching that topic was like, no, it's rude. It shows you don't respect their time. Um, you don't respect the if you have a meeting after you don't respect their time. And so right. it's actually it's not rude to set the scene on the time that you have allotted for the call. That isn't rude. What I would recommend to our um, person that posed the question, our listener is I think you really have to allot the time for yourself too. say if you've got 30 minutes. Then it's like, okay, I need to spend the first 15 minutes covering X, Y, Z, the last 15 minutes covering ABC. You have to make sure that you're you're allotting time for yourself, knowing that you've got 30 minutes. How am I going to capture all the information that I need to? So a lot different time to different subjects and make sure, I mean, if you're going over, I just wouldn't go over. I would cap it hard. I would make sure I got the information that I need and then don't go over those allotted 15 minutes that you have to talk about those subjects. Because it's inevitable you'll go over. So you can have 30 minutes blocked on your calendar for a call all day long. But realistically, if you're going over and your calls are 45 minutes, that's not an accurate picture of how long it takes you to to finish a call or complete a call, you know? I also think that you need to start from what's the most important and what are the nice-to-have questions. And I also, I would love to see, actually, I would love to see the questions because perhaps the way you're asking the questions aren't assertive enough. Yeah. So maybe it's like they're like, too like open and they're not mm -hmm. like they're it's so the other person on the other side is having a hard time being direct with you because you're not being direct with the question yeah absolutely. i think that's really important um i was watching it was it was tony robbins talk um what was it for i don't remember but he was saying that your value or the value of the questions you ask i thought that was like super interesting so it's like you really got to pay attention to not what not only what you're asking but how you're asking it and then and then you know rock it through that and again this takes practice. Yeah. And so I do love going back to the actual, what the hiring manager said in the review. I love, I'm the hiring manager, the manager. I love that that person said that to to this individual because like n not a lot of good feedback comes through those reviews. So I think sometimes it was like, why do we have reviews? Because like, what is this for? Um, so that was really good feedback and you can get better and you can practice. And again, I, I would do, I would time yourself. Yeah. And this is long. Hey, how like quickly can we do this? For sure. And this seems to be like constructive criticism. Like this is the person trying mm. to set the scene for this or set the expectation for this person to be better because regardless of who you are, where you work and recruiting, that's not going to change. You need to be able to get the information that you are required to get within a certain allotted amount of time. And you're doing yourself a disservice if you're giving every candidate an hour. Like you got to figure out and suss out in the first 15 minutes if it's a good fit, if they're interested if the salary, you got to get all of that sussed out. You can't be spending hours on the phone with somebody that ends up that you can't even send that phone screen over because they're not even qualified and you've just spent an hour with yeah. them. Yeah. So what do you think about the gatekeeper thing? You know, because technically the recruiters are the gatekeepers to the hiring managers, right? Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes, and this is this can be the internal versus external, externals don't get paid unless it works out. Yeah. I think internals need to think about that as well. And not that I don't get paid, but it's not a, a, the business initiative 
for me to do that. It like hurts the business if I'm not having productive conversations. If they yeah. put that hat on, I think it could be really powerful too. Well, and if you know, because I know that some organizations do this, like, you know, you have to submit candidates in a slate of three, for example. So like, you can't just submit one off. You have to, there's certain hiring managers that I've worked with in my life, my career that my recruiters have too, that they require slates. And so it's like, how long is it going to take you to get that slate of three qualified candidates if you're spending an hour on the phone with everybody? So yeah, I think it, perspective. it's definitely all about efficiency, whether you're an internal, external recruiter, whether you're tenured, whether you're just starting out, you need to get your timing down on phone screens and you need to be able to get off the phone with somebody if you know that they're not a good fit within the first 15 minutes. That has mm -hmm. to happen. That is a good best practice. So I would say going into our broke to boss tip is that, I mean, you can be an assertive communicator without being a bitch. I don't know if that's the tip that we want to put, but you can be an assertive communicator. Um, but I think setting the expectations for calls is just such an important thing to do, whether you're talking to candidates, whether you're talking to clients, always set expectations for what the goal is for the call and what you need to get out of the call in every single call that yep. you're on. And that doesn't make you a bitch. That's not even, I, I feel like being assertive, that's being the host or assertive, excuse me, that's being the host of a call. So yeah, I think that's actually being, it's a, it's a definition of professional. Yeah, like, that's you what you professional. do. You have a job to do and you need to do it in this amount of time, period. Yeah. Great. Yeah. To see. And, and by the way, have fun with it. Like that's yeah. the whole point. Like, like as we're sitting here as hosts, especially me, I tangent all the fucking time. Like, so there are so many people who are like, hey, Brianna, like, look, <laughs> uh, like how many times you told me to rope that shit back in? It's like, and I'm so thankful for it. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, so much. Like we're, I was going to get off this call and not actually have it be productive because I'm like just telling stories. So I know when I get a storyteller on the other on the other side, I'm like, hey, I could talk about this all day long and let's do this another time. But I really have to get this. Done. Yeah, it's just so simple. Just be honest, transparent and just get her done. And people appreciate that. You know, if somebody Thank walks you. away from that offended, it. then they're just a fucker because Nobody is offended. They're not by, a good fit anyways. Yeah. I mean, if somebody's offended by you having other obligations and you telling them that on the front end and, you know, driving the conversation forward, then I mean, think about how that interview is going to go. If they're really long winded with you, think of how it's going to go with your hiring manager. And is that the vibe of the organization you're trying to recruit for? Yes, I am not going to tangent because as I'm going to respect our listeners, <laughs> we're out of time. But I will say let's for another episode, let's talk about how we give um, constructive criticism to candidates in order to pass their interview because Ooh. I was going to tangent on I have had to tell someone basically you need to shut the fuck up otherwise the hire man's going to hate you <laughs> in the very nicest way <laughs> um, I think that's a great that's a great one to talk about because that happens all the time and people yeah. ask us that all the time so we'll definitely talk about that one but as always it was great chatting with you guys well with you Brianna but having our listeners be here with us I feel like they're here with us they they're the ones that asked this question that drove this topic today. So you are. Here. I know. Yeah, I love it. Love it. I love it. And as always, we will see you next Tuesday. Thanks, y'all. Bye.